Welcome to Get Gig Ready. If you're a music maker emerging or early in your career, or even a veteran looking to brush up on the basics, we're here to get you close to some amazing local talent to help amp up your skills. Get Gig Ready is presented by City of Ride, Lane Cove Council, the Live Music Office, Music New South Wales, and 2SER with support from Macquarie University. Today, I'm joined by almost the entire band of Safford. Guys, why don't we start by going around and introducing you? Hi, I'm Ned. I play synth slash K's. Uh, um, hello, I'm Tate. Um, I play lead guitar. Hi, I'm Maya. Um, I am the lead singer and I play rhythm guitar. And I'm Sidoni and I play the bass guitar. So one of the things that you guys were talking about just before we kind of got started today is trying to find some venues that uh, can actually fit a band of such immense scale, all of the synthesizers and whatnot you need on the stage. You know, how, how big of a, of a deal is that for you? What's the, does it feel like a big limit having a larger lineup as a small band and trying to find the right venues to play for? I guess, I mean, we've been gigging um, as a band for a couple of years now and um, like the lineup has just gotten bigger. So trying to find a venue that kind of suits the scale that our band is sitting at is one thing. Um, and then also finding a venue that has the scale that we require. Um, there are a lot of venues that we really like that we just like adore playing that we wouldn't be able to play anymore just because we wouldn't all be able to fit on stage. And so that's kind of a new little requirement for us. And it has made it a little bit difficult recently, um, just also with like what venues are like like capacity wise and then or even open or um booking at the moment with all of the COVID restrictions but it's it's making it an interesting challenge but it's meaning that we're really having to step up our live shows and kind of our stage presence so it's it's been interesting but it is like a new requirement for us to try and find venues that will actually fit our band and have everything that we need on stage I suppose the the next question I wanted to ask off the back of that is with the recent lineup changes, you guys have such a defined sound through the songs that you've reached, released so far. It's got a very dark, atmospheric indie vibe with a lot of kind of classic sounding jangly guitars that I really love the sound of. You know, how do you kind of keep or what rather is the identity of Safford as a band to you, even as those, you know, changes go through for those of you guys that are like newer to the project? What was it like being brought on and how much do you kind of give and hold back based on what the identity of Safford sound is? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't know. I think in like my first rehearsal, cause there's not really much keys on like the song. So I was just kind of like adding stuff. Like, so I just kind of looked for like little pockets where I could do things and just did things there, I guess. I don't know. Like, yeah, there's always, there's always kind of room for like more little more stuff, but you just gotta like look for it. I think. Yeah, I guess for Meyer and Sedona, you guys have been there since the start. Like, how how protective do you feel of the the sonic identity of the band, and how much are these new nerds able to just kind of let loose and have fun with things? Thankfully, we've we've known Tate for a while, so he's a bit of an old nerd to us. Ages. Um, <laughs> Ned kind of just like came into our lives at like the perfect time. Um, I I guess because I I write all of the songs. Um, and I've been writing for quite a while now, so like about since I was 15 and I'm 23, so like eight years, I guess. That's eight years. Um, I've always known what I've wanted the band to sound like, and we were very strategic in the way that we released the songs last year where we wanted to finish with the song that I think you're going to play. Um, 
because that would set us up for whatever we wanted to record next and wherever the band was going. So we purposely chose like our most atmospheric kind of synth-based song as like a launching point because we knew that we wanted the next lot of songs that we would release to build off of that and we wanted to be able to go kind of anywhere with it. Um, I guess for me, I've I've always kind of seen the songs as being more synth-based in my head, but we've never really had the lineup like that we have now to be able to kind of do it. And we've always wanted to add that to the band and now we we kind of have it. So it's it's been a real dream to be able to work with Ned and Tate to be able to like create the sound that I've always had in my head, especially with the new stuff that I'm I'm writing at the moment. It's it's been really like really fulfilling for me to be able to be like, hi, this is a song that I've written. Um, this is how I hear it sounding. What what do you guys hear? And for them to be able to just go and play, it's been incredibly overwhelming for me to finally hear what I've always kind of heard in my head become a reality. But I think also too for fans at our shows, it's not so much a departure away from the music that we've released in the past or the live shows that we've been doing. It's kind of more like us stepping up to the next level and where I feel we're meant to be at a band at the moment. So, yeah, I don't know. That's how I kind of see it. But Yeah, yeah I mean, it's good because like now we can – play the recordings live the way that they sound because like in the recording process they kind of ended up sounding a lot more synthy and we put different atmospheric sounds in here and there so now we've got like three synths on stage and they can go wild and it just yeah it really elevates the live experience I think now yeah I think that's always a, a kind of magical moment when you actually find the sound that you were looking for all the time like finally everything actually clicks I guess uh, the the thing that's really fun off the back of that is, you know, now that you've had the chance to experiment, what is musically next for Safford? Are we looking at exploring the same, uh, I guess, approach to sound, the same vibes, but now with this full lineup? Or is it going to continue to be that innovation as you kind of reach further and further out of what's possible? I think from um, at least my perspective is um, like the main songwriter in the band it really I think it really depends on on the song I don't want us to be like limited in what we can do but I think it really depends on like the content of the song and what the lyrics kind of require and then what everyone wants to bring to the table I I don't want to like waste anyone's talents um obviously in the band and I want everyone to be able to do um what we need to do to make the song sound great. And I think we have a really good dynamic because like, I know that I'm kind of like the person on stage that stands up and like sings like my silly little thoughts and my silly little experiences and all about like who I'm falling in love with and who I'm falling out of love with, et cetera. Um, and I'm the person kind of doing all of the weird little ad libs in between being like, Hey, by how much um, it's <laughs> up the right at the very end and being really awkward, but, I don't really see myself as being um, like the band leader. I think we have, we're really fortunate that we kind of value everyone's voices and opinions. And I don't want anyone to ever feel like that's not the case at all. Like at band practice, it, it feels really even. It's like just us trying to find like 
what it needs and what everyone thinks is important for the song. Like it comes from me, but it becomes like all of us. You know? Yeah, like, it's very much a kind of you know write and refine in the jam session kind of setup. It sounds like you have. I I guess the question I have off the back of that is how have you guys had to adapt uh, that jam session approach? Now that things are going remote, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting here over Zoom with people calling in from different locations. How have you had to adapt to writing remotely? Or is it just a matter of like getting the most out of what you can do until you can go back into those jam sessions? You know, have you found any upsides to having to work this way? I don't know. I guess, I mean, for me at least, I'm just kind of trying to soak up a lot of inspiration from other sources and just like listening to a lot of music and trying to come up with new things that we could potentially like use later on when we get together. But yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine trying to jam <laughs> over yeah. Zoom. Like, <laughs> but Yeah, we haven't tried that yet. Um, I know for me, um, I find it or I found it really hard to write last year during the lockdown I just completely I stopped writing at all because I just I couldn't do it it's such an overwhelming thing to be a part of and I feel like everyone's kind of in this moment of collective kind of grief and I think it's really important to sit in that and some people like this is their most productive time like they're like oh my god yes we're in lockdown I can spend all my time writing I can do this I can do that and I'm kind of like yo I'm kind of just trying to feel like I'm just trying to sit with this and just process it quite a bit, but I've been a lot more productive this time around where everything's kind of felt a little bit more immediate for me. And I'm, I'm kind of like trying to give myself space to breathe, but also like, yo, like let's just sit and like being heartbroken a little bit and let's sit and like exploring all this stuff. And I think lockdown has been a really good time for me to write this time around just because I'm going through a whole lot of different identity things and I'm going through like a whole lot of different relationship stuff and really having to sit and process a whole lot of myself in a way that I haven't really had to before. Yeah. So it's really good for lyrics. It's been really good for <laughs> this time. At the same time, I'm like sitting in my room, breaking my own heart a little bit, but it'll be great when we get back to band practice because I'll be like, hey guys, so I have like 28 new songs. Um, let's work through all of them and then pick out like little gems and then we can rework the other ones and then we'll have like a four hour long set for whenever. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the being productive in lockdown thing I feel has kind of become almost a bit like uh a bit like social media where you like only see the best of people and it's like, well, come on really guys, like you're browsing memes the rest of the day. Don't lie to me. Yeah, no, like I'll I'll make chutney like once a week and I'll put that on my Instagram story and then like <laughs> me scrolling through TikTok, like <laughs> but then also songwriting, like I have actually been writing. But yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, let, let's flash back in time to when we're actually able to jam, because this is the first time we've actually had a full band here on Get Getting Ready somehow in the second season. And I guess I wanted to ask, like, what are the tips and tricks that you guys use to get the most out of a jam session? Like, what are you each bringing to the table? What are you expecting of each other? You know, how do you find the groove, the pocket, so that you're ready for the next show? I just kind of play over whatever Maya brings us. And I think that's what what most people do in the band. 
So that's how I get the most out of it, just listening to it and feeling the song out a bit and just putting some guitar over it. Yeah, I think that's kind of how, like, we'll usually just jam on, just like, my play that over and over again right now and keep going, don't stop, and just we'll all try and, like, we'll just all come up with our own ideas and then see what sticks and then just trying to, like, balance out all these ideas and, like, picking the right moments for them and just usually ends up okay, I think. I think especially because we're, like, we started um, well the past few gigs that we've done. It's been a different lineup, and like our first gig that we did together with like Ned and Tate, um, we had like two weeks before that show. Mm. So it was a lot of us being like, okay, here are, like the couple of songs that we have recorded. Um, this is like the rest of the set. Um, we're just gonna like just do it, whatever feels natural, whatever feels right, and that's kind of jamming it that way. And I think we were really lucky that we had that kind of really limited amount of time before that first gig, um, just because it meant that we had to really not like fine tune our sound necessarily, but it meant that I think for Sidoni, Bianca and um, myself, we got to see what Ned and Tate could really do and like where they were coming from. Uh, and it meant that I kind of got an idea as like, writer as to what I kind of know like the natural instinct of all my bandmates is and so I know now when I'm writing to leave space for Tate to do something here or space for Sidoni to do bass here or I know that Ned's probably going to come in with this kind of section when I'm writing and I know kind of section like what I have to do with a, as a rhythm guitarist um what Bianca's going to jump on so like from writing I kind of have an idea of what everyone's going to do anyway. I don't necessarily want people to do anything specifically. I think I've written like two lead lines for Tate to play like out of all of the songs. And then the rest, I'm kind of like, here it is. Do it. Like just do whatever feels right. And then we can work on yeah. it. So It sounds to me like the two things that the two big things I took away from that is first of all, it sounds like you're the kind of jam space band where you'll put a loop on and just groove over the loop until you actually kind of find something that sits in the right space with it. And the other thing that was interesting in there um, is, you know, uh, trying to actually figure out what everyone is bringing to the table, because I think, um, you know, you kind of get the impression with some bands that everyone already knows each other. Everyone already knows the limits of each other's ability, but at some point you actually have to find those. Is that something that, I guess for Tate and Ned, you you guys, that was really useful for you coming into the band using that jam space opportunity to figure out like, okay, this is where I am. This is my place in the arena. Yeah, it was, it was a good thing to figure out. And uh, I think what sometimes we we struggle with, because uh, we I've only like just started playing, um, is like finding out which lines um, to play guitar and piano. Because, I mean, this is the first time I've ever played with um, someone on keys. So, yeah, I thought that was that, that was a good thing to fill out at first. Yeah, it's always one of the interesting things in kind of like more traditional instrument bands is that you have so many, uh, like, you know, drums, guitar, bass, all have very sharp openings to their notes, a lot of attacks. So there's like a lot of competing space there, and it's really important to kind of find that right groove. What about you, Ned? Um, 
Well, I guess for me, I I suppose each instrument usually kind of has its own role, like bass and, and drums and like vocals all kind of have their own space. But like I think with me and Tate specifically is like we're often kind of doing the same sort of thing. So we, we sort of, we sort of, I think we need to like, well, like what we sort of do is we'll probably communicate like a little bit more than with each other than with, with the others, just because like, we don't want to like step on each other's toes and stuff when we play. Like um, there'll be some song where there's like a gap for like a lead line. And then like, you know, maybe Tate will do some, one of his things or maybe I'll do one of my things or like, and which whoever's not doing something will probably just do like, do like a chord or something really chill. Like, I don't know. We've got, we've got to kind of really listen to each other a lot in that way. Like us two specifically. I think that's probably like the main kind of, I think that's kind of like the main sort of challenge. Like at the moment is just, is just trying to like um, divvy up the the space in a way that's like, so we're not like um, sort of talking over each other, like the instrument version of talking each other, the instrument version of like talking over each other, I guess uh, the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about is you've sent through your song Oslo, which we're going to feature on the show today. And I wanted to ask a little bit about like, you know, first of all, what does the song mean to you guys? What what should we know about it before listening? But also like, you know, what are you most looking forward to about playing this song when you're able to get on stage and do it? What's what's the hook for you guys as a band playing it? Maya, I guess we'll start off with you. What's, what's it about? Um, so I wrote the song a few years ago. Um, it started off, it's like, the guitar part like the me finger picking just a couple of chords and I remember being very vividly in like my office and I was just trying to write songs for the band I don't want to write another angry song about my my ex-girlfriend like I just don't want to do it and it kind of hit me I was like I'm gonna write a song about my best friend the song's kind of about like that anxiety that you get when you first meet someone and you don't really know what it is and whether or not like I'm like yo I really like hanging out with you and I feel like you're going to be in my life forever but also I feel like I'm annoying you constantly (laughs) I have no idea if you want to like see me again and I kind of like that song means a lot just because I wasn't I wasn't able to really perform it to the way that I wanted to for such a long time at our last gig, it was the first time I was actually able to stand on stage and be like, I wrote this song about you, Oslo, my best friend who was in this room. I love you so much. And that was just, it just meant the world to me. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm really excited to be able to stand on stage and, like, sing it to them again. And then sing it to everyone and then just watch everyone cry and, like, hold each other's hands and stuff and hopefully people will be like slowly swaying in a marsh. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing about this song whenever we play it live, because it is probably like the slowest and like kind of quietest song we have in the set, but it feels like everyone kind of just stops and like really listens. Cause like a lot of it is the lyrics and the chorus as well. I think probably hits home for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And everyone's always blown away by my singing ability. Oh, so that helps. But also now playing it live, we can recreate the sounds from the recording mm-hmm. with the synths and stuff and new guitar parts. So that's really cool, I think. That's awesome. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me here on Gay Gig Ready. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you about everything that's going on in the band. And hopefully someday we can catch up in the studio and 
talk talk a bit more about what's going on with the band. But this has been super fun. No, thank you for having thank us. You. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us. All right, we're going to send you out with Oslo from Safford right there. If you want to find any more about the band, we will have links up on the podcast, of course. And uh, keep in touch. We'll see you next time here on Get Gig Ready. The day before you came around Tried to work all my shit out Summer turned to autumn still always Friends, I know you for.